everybody, Pastor Michael here, and welcome back to the SGT Podcast. Uh, we're super excited to have Pastor Steven Zarlingo on today. He came on to share uh, his thoughts and insights as a young father uh, into how technology impacts our families and uh, what the Lord encourages us to do, not just as families, but as a community, to make sure that children uh, are raised properly and in the fear of Him. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Michael Sinclair, and welcome back to the SGT Podcast, uh, where we know we've had two uh, great episodes this season. Uh, I know a lot of you were excited to get this season kicked off, and so we're glad to bring you yet another episode, and we have another former guest on the podcast. He was actually on quite a few podcast episodes last season, and that is Pastor Steven Zarlingo. He's the young adults pastor here at SGT. So Pastor Zarlingo, Steven Zarlingo, how are you doing? doing today, sir? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad you guys invited me back. You got all my phone calls and my request to be on the show and just took a couple episodes. Listen, we can only put you off for so long. Uh, <laughs> then it just starts to be rude. So here we are. We gave you an episode again, so we're glad to have you on. No, dude, it's always a pleasure to have you on, man. I love uh, this. You've been a good buddy of mine for a long time, so I love uh, letting people come in and enjoy some of the conversations that we have together uh, because the Lord has given you a special uh, opportunity to not just be over the young adults, uh, but also you've had a lot of influence as these young adults have started to have their own kids and getting an opportunity to speak into their families. The Lord's given you a beautiful family of your own. Um, and I've been watching you because we just found out, my wife and I, that we're having a baby as well. Ooh. Yeah, found out that uh, we're having a little girl, so we're super excited. Little girl. Yeah. Uh, no names yet. We're not sure yet what wrapped we're going to call her. Yeah, but I'm, I'm starting to feel my heart get wrapped up already. Uh, her fingers are small, but they already control it. So excited. That's what happened in January. Um, and so this topic today, um, uh, as the children's pastor here, I see this quite a bit and I've had the opportunity to talk to a bunch of parents about it, but now starting to have my own kids and also just talking to you, stuff that you've seen in your family. Uh, wanted to dedicate an episode to uh, what we're going to call the I family. This concept that uh, children uh, younger and younger every year have access to phones, to iPads, to TVs, computers, uh, technology that we didn't have access to. Now, I know that's always true, technically, with every generation going all the way back in time, but this particular technology uh, is, one, exciting because it allows kids to learn uh, very quickly things that may have taken a lot longer in the past to learn, but it opens up so many windows into your home and especially to their little hearts uh, and minds uh, to the evil that's out there in the world. And so a lot of parents are always asking, all right, well, I get I shouldn't just have my kid have the phone all day. I get that technology is good, but it can also be detrimental. But I just like Pastor Michael, I don't really know how to manage that time. Like when my kid's freaking out, I can't reprimand him, but sometimes we're in public and I give it to them or I have a special access for my kid, but I didn't realize he had access to this other, uh, you know, whatever, whether it would be a computer or his buddy's phone. And they find out later, and this is something that I've seen uh, even within the church, kids at a very young age, as young as second grade, third grade, fourth grade, talking about things they've seen on these phones, whether it be pornography, whether it be murder, whether it be just really inappropriate things, whether it be language or sometimes it's just dancing. It could be a music video. These things are saturating our kids' lives. 
and they're absolutely trying to take control. Um, and so before we go into maybe uh, some specific verses and stuff, I am curious to know what your thoughts are on just that basic topic as a dad, as a pastor, as an influencing pastor over young families. What are your thoughts to this topic? Yeah, it's. I love that you're doing this. I think it's so vital because it's something that in our world and society and culture, it's easy to just say like, well, I think they'll, they'll learn, they'll learn the right way, but just for now, just for now, just for now. And that just for now is something we do momentarily, but it actually has extremely long-term impact. I mean, so I've got three kids, I've got a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and now a one-year-old. Little, little tank. Little tank. Little tank. Well, Silas is the one-year-old, and that kid literally the other day ate two pancakes, two sausages, a whole banana, and was still crying out for more. Just, he came out of the womb a grown man. He's just waiting for his voice. He's bald and has a beard already. Um, so, uh, And then we've got Emerson in the middle, who's three, and she is just sweet as can be. And then we've got Evie, who's the oldest, and she's five. Um, and so it's a very real thing, especially for us in this season, little things on your phone or watching things on TV or on Netflix or on Amazon. Yeah, well, with COVID, it's like, what else are kids allowed to do? You can totally. send them outside, but some parents don't even let them play with other kids yep. or they just don't have access because the families are uncomfortable. So now they have these kids stuck in the house all day and you have this tech. Well, how do you use it? Yeah, and then you got to entertain them. Um, and and we've seen how much it has affected. We, we call it a TV head. Okay, so we'll, <laughs> if we woke up and then I realized like our kids, we woke up, we're so tired. Oh my goodness. We've been up all night with maybe the baby back and forth, come downstairs and the first thing we do is like, mommy and daddy just need to veg for like 30 minutes to an hour. And so we wound up the kids, maybe they're watching a show and we're just trying to get a bearing on our day. And what we discovered was why were our kids by the afternoon, like disrespectful, not listening. And we started doing a little experiment in our home. We were like, let's not start the day with a screen. Let's start the day with some play, with some conversations. Yes, it took a lot more energy than it yeah. was. It was exhausting. It was honestly painful at times. <laughs> but we did it, and COVID gave us a lot of chances to do that. And when we did it, we realized our children were responding better. They were listening better. Their attitudes were so much more respectful, uh, immediate obedience, and we really narrowed it down to the fact of the screen time. Now, but Just like that, just that half hour in the ju- morning Just difference. that half hour. It, wow. it made all the difference. And so that's where it's... The question of these things are a great resource. I'm not anti-technology for children, but it cannot be the source. And if it's the source, then what happens is we're teaching our kids something, uh, and it's it's a poor lesson because I'm seeing, as I work with young adults even, I find out that a lot of the issues these young people are battling with that started very small when they were a kid. Maybe they were viewing something. They saw this movie, like you had said. Uh, yeah. They got sucked into this. And now more than ever with technology, you know, what a five-year-old can get their hands on now is very different than even when we were younger. But I still see from this age that they're getting affected. And then it's even bigger when they're young adults. And now we're dealing with really heavy issues that have screwed up their relationships. Yeah. And I, you know, scripture to encourages parents to train up a child in the way they should go so when they're older, they will not depart from it. And that's a very encouraging verse that when you train your children properly, they'll always have that. But it also works the other way. If you allow negative habits, I mean, how many people listening right now can think back to when their dad or their mom hurt them or ignored them or mm-hmm. something in their life entered in as a child and they're still processing that? Even if they don't feel the necessary pain that could come with that, they're still aware of it. Why? Because you have a vivid memory as a child. 
And uh, I heard I read an expert um, mentioned that you know technology you should treat like dessert. There's nothing wrong inherently with strawberry ice cream, but you would never replace the dinner for your kid with the strawberry ice cream. Yes, you wouldn't that's give great. them ice cream all the time because you would realize that that's going to hurt their health. Well, same thing. And one of the biggest things that I've noticed as a children's pastor, and I taught for five years before I was in uh, full-time ministry, uh, so a lot of access to different kids over the past, uh, you know, 10 years or so, getting to see kind of each year how technology and how, you know, at first parents were like, oh, they're too young for a phone. Now three-year-olds have phones, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's like Mm -hmm. all the way down. So even in the past 10 years, just that change has been incredible. You see the, the loss of innocence Younger totally. and younger. If you if you looked at the way a nine year old acted years ago, you'd be like, "Wow, that looks super young." Well, no, that's just the way nine year olds are. But mm-hmm. a nine year old now is is you know talking back. They're showing you stuff. They know as much as you do or more, depending on the mm-hmm. last time you checked your phone. What's the current update on the news? All that stuff. Like these kids are just aware of everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sad because when you when you give that up, when you as a parent allow the phone and the world and the people who are making that content to teach your children. You're, you're giving something up that the mm-hmm. Lord has gifted you to be in their life. You're so right. I'm just thinking so realistically on the idea of like, you know, worldview and perspective, which sounds really big and even ethereal at times, but it's actually so in the practical things like you're saying. We, I've have, got, we have a smart audience. They'll follow you. Yeah, they go. Yeah. <laughs> so basically I'm watching a show with my kids and it's teaching them about friendships, right? And how to properly interact. And when you get angry, uh, you do this. Now, these are good things, right? These are, most of the time, these shows are going to go after some sort of ethical or moral outcome that's good that we would agree with. But what's happening is parents are banking investing everything on these shows and technology in our culture to then develop our children's worldview and perspective. But that never, listen, when I, when I learned about friendship or that as a kid, right, my parents were pretty good and strict when it came to what we would watch. But that was a conversation with my dad or mom in person where they shared with me the way you were treating your friend that wasn't kind. Now, what does that do? There's something relationally that's taking place. And there's something interactive that that child is then interacting with you as another person as they're learning a lesson. And so it's, we're, we're going to have technology all the more. We understand that. Technology is a part of our culture, our society, and our world. But with that, we cannot let it be the teacher. We, we cannot substitute right. a tablet or a screen for the lessons that honestly are costing and they're sacrifice. It's, it's a cost for us as parents, right? you got to pause dinner. You got to take your kid, walk them across the room into a private area and talk to them. You do not just throw down your milk when you're angry. You don't do that. That's not, now you're at a restaurant. Maybe I give them a screen and just say, don't do that again. We've all been there. Yeah. But the reality is it's the source and it's also the teacher. Who are we letting teach and develop? And so it's going to take us as parents. The truth is it's going to be sacrificial uh, to, to take those steps and to say, I've got to be the teacher. And you might be the only one in your immediate friend group who does that, or there's only mm-hmm. a couple of you. And uh, there's a lot of pressure on parents to... Uh, I'm trying to think of how to explain this. Like, I see pressure in parents to have more time to do things that other moms are doing 
other dads yes, are comparison doing. Comparison is they huge. Say, well, yep. but they say, why can't you do this with us? And you say, well, you know, I'm trying to raise my kids, and they're like, well, just you know, let them watch TV for ten seconds. We'll come out and hang out for half an hour. Well, they're able to do all those things because they're allowing other people to raise their kids yep. in their own home mm-hmm. without having to pay anybody mm-hmm. because it's all for free. Now, again, re- remember, this isn't all bad. In its proper time, just like strawberry ice cream, right? But uh, when you, as a parent, are able to to not shift as much, not have to, you know, a lot of parents are like, well, I don't really want to have to change my entire life just to be a dad or be a mom, or they might feel they've already changed their whole life already mm-hmm. and they don't want to give anymore. Now it's kind of time to, we're going to make a schedule that works with me. And then now you're asking me to give even more of that up. No, we're not telling you how to run your family. It's an encouragement from scripture. I'm going to read right here in uh, Deuteronomy chapter six. Mm. God, uh, when he gave his law to this, his people, he said this, this is called the, uh, this verse I'm about to read next is called the Shema in Israel. It's like the main verse that uh, you'll hear You'll hear Jews pray. It's, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. But they also continue, Most of us, many of us don't always have memorized the next part, which is, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up and it continues to go on and mm-hmm. say here's how you are going to raise your children so he's not specifically telling them how they're going to run their house but he's telling them here that God's telling his people you are going to be my people you're going to be different from the people around you and one of the ways I want you to be different is in how you raise your children mm-hmm. and one of the things I wanted to point out is in verse chapter 6 it says these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart and then he says to teach them. And mm. I, I find that a lot of parents, they'll, they'll drop their kids off at Sunday school and say, hey, did you guys talk about the lesson with your kids? Oh, no, I was a little busy. And that's fine. Occasionally you can be super busy. But I realize when that becomes the norm, when I'm talking to a particular parent or a particular family, and I, and I realize they don't really talk with their kids about what they're learning. They're kind of, they're, they're pushing off to the church the responsibility to raise their kid. Or you go to their house and you see, you know, uh, all right, we're all going to hang out as a family. You, get, you kids go watch a show. Well, mm-hmm. well, now your kids don't know, you know, how to be around adults or all these other things. So one of the things that I'm always trying to encourage people is make sure that you are taking the time very diligently and in all honesty to stop and to say, Lord, my whole family's yours. First change my heart, the way the scriptures say. First change my heart. How would you raise my children? And give me your words. And even if we have to be the different ones, even if we have to be the odd ones, we know that you're going to give us a way for our household to follow the plan that you have for your people in the world to be different. Mm. And I just want parents to know that, that we the church needs to encourage families that it's okay to be the one. You don't want to be tech shamed or phone yes, shamed yes. by your friends. It's you know not, I mean? you're not saying, you're not, because we're not saying uh, throw away all the technology and movies. I mean, we right. have movies night at our in our home and we and there's moments we're counseling a couple Anna and I in the kitchen and we need a 45 minute block to do you know to do that and so we'll put a show on the the difference I think is this when you said Deuteronomy the word then how it talks about impressing them on your children when the translation says and impressing means that you have to be present so so God's inviting us to be present in the development of our children and as parents you have to hit a point you say 
this is a sacrifice. This is a worthwhile investment. I had an older couple say to me, a great family, and you'd look on the surface and say, they look perfect. And they have now, you know, grandchildren and even great-grandchildren on the way. How did you do this? They're like, well, when they're young, this age, like we see you, Pastor Stephen, wrestling with your children and your hair's everywhere all over the place. <laughs> you just want to say, just play with my phone. Um, these are little battles. But these little battles, when you choose to fight them now, they will wind up winning bigger wars for you in the Amen. future. Yeah. So when your kids get older, um, there's something that takes place when you're a part of the process with them. So yes, if there's a show, I tell parents, be involved. Look at that show. Check it out. If it's a new one, watch it. We were watching one show. We had no idea. It had a very liberal agenda in it that was against our morality that they just snuck right in there. We were shocked. We just so happened to be there and sitting watching it. Yeah. And we said, okay, no more of this show. So Matthew six twenty two. And it goes into verse 23, says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. Mm. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Mm. So what it's saying is the eyes are vital. They affect our our very body, our being, and our soul. And shows and tablets and and all that we're talking about on this discussion here is, is something that children are looking at with their eyes. And we have to realize it's going to affect them. And we have to impress these things upon them, the ways of God, the truth of God, which means we have to be there. We have to be present. So my encouragement to young families and even older families, it doesn't matter where the whole discussion of technology is on the table. I think drawing clear boundaries, not letting it be your source, and most important, being present with your children's entertainment. Does that mean you have to sit there and watch Franklin the whole time? No. What that's saying is, that's the one we're in right now, Franklin. That's funny. We're saying we're looking at Franklin, and we see certain episodes that we're like, you know what, we're uncomfortable with that for our kids' age right now or that, so we don't watch that one. These are the safe ones. Um, we've had situations where our kids have seen something and it's really messed with them. And we've had then, we worked so hard on protecting them of it. And then there was one little mess up along the way where they saw something they shouldn't have. And so for weeks, we're working through this process with them. We have to realize it affects their soul. And the little battles we choose to be a part of now are going to win bigger wars when they're teenagers, when they're young adults, when they're adults. So we have to be willing to, in one sense, get our hands dirty, deal with the screaming and crying for 25 minutes, opposed to them. <laughs> dazed out looking at the screen right. and say, this will pay off. But right now we get it, parents, you are in it and it's thick and COVID has added to it. So there's a grace you need, but let it be a joy that you can impress these things on them. And I don't want parents to feel any guilt or shame right now. This is not a condemnation podcast. This is because a lot of parents can get defensive about this. A yeah. lot of parents can feel like, well, these are my kids. I know what's healthy for them. This is an encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I tell my uh, kids ministry team, when you join the team, I give them a little necklace that has a little, um, it's a little skateboard bearing on it. Mm. Uh, and they ask what this represents. And it has a couple, it's like, you know, couple different meanings to it, but the main reason is because it's in the shape of a millstone. Yeah. And they go, why? And I tell them that on my, in, where my desk is at the church in my office, on the wall, I have a picture of a man being dragged down into the ocean by a millstone hung around his neck. Because one of the first things, one of the things that Jesus said about children's ministry was he who causes one of these little ones of mine to sin. And now we know in a broader sense, he was talking about everybody, but you can apply it so directly oh, yeah. to children here yeah. that if he causes one of these uh, of my little ones to sin, it would be better. 
for him mm. to have a millstone hung around his neck and dragged to the midst of the sea. And I want them, even though it's a little necklace, to at least put it on once, to feel a little bit of a weight and to remember every word you say, everything you ignore, every uh, other person that you allow to, like a video or a song that you allow into a child's life on your watch that leads them astray or that points them away is on you. Mm-hmm. And God specifically gives you a call as a children's minister and especially as a parent. Or maybe you're not a parent, you're an uncle or a grandpa or, or you know, a cousin or you, just, you have a lot of access to a particular kid. You have an influence in that kid's life and you have a call from God to make sure that you are everything you do, everything in your life points that little child to him because that innocence is something to be protected and we're the ones protecting those kids and God has given us a call to do that. We want you guys to know that as a church we're here to help you. There are families uh, who've either made those mistakes and, and learned from them. There are families who uh, have great successes implementing certain things and you know if you guys are out there wondering well what kinds of things can I do always feel free to call ask a good question I know uh, there are other pastors like Pastor Stephen here who's willing to help out there are young adults with young families or families who are older uh, and they've learned a lot along the way and we're here as a community to build one another up to raise our children in the fear of the Lord and we don't want to let the world have the influence that only Christ should have yeah yeah so it's I just so want sacred. to encourage them that. I don't want families to feel yeah. that pressure I want them to feel the encouragement of the church behind you, not the condemnation of the enemy oh, telling you it's too late. You know? That's that's so good. And as the even just the pastor of these families, um, Pastor Michael, you're you're emphasizing to them you can't do it alone. Right. Right. They always say what it takes a village takes a to village. raise a kid. It takes a village. And, and I think what happens is maybe shame or feeling this is all I can do because I'm weak because I'm tired. Maybe you're working two jobs. Maybe you're a single parent, and it's like, are you kidding me? This is all I have. I think that that dynamic to know you're not alone is vital. And we want to be a community here that laughs with each other, weeps with each other, and walks this hard and sometimes tumultuous journey of parenthood, but it will pay off. There will be a treasure. We will have blessing, and blessing often comes from some toil, but it's worth it because these are the most sacred, innocent, special gifts God's given us, the treasures of children. That's right. And, the, you know, it says, blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them, an hour of, an ar- an arrows of children, and that we're going to you know, point them in the direction that God wants them to go, and we're going to let them fly one day. But we want to make sure that they're strong, they're ready, and they head in the right direction. Um, and as we end here, uh, Pastor Stephen, I was wondering if you'd be so kind as to pray over every family and all the children that the Lord has blessed us with, that we as a people, we as a community of believers here at Smithtown, would stand together as a tribe and say, these are our kids. We're going to raise them in the fear of the Lord. We're going to support families who need it. We're going to comfort those who are upset about maybe mistakes that they've made in the past Mm -hmm. and encourage them that it can be better moving forward and know that the Lord is with us to always give us what we need to take care of one another and to make sure that the children in our midst will continue to grow up to be a light in this dark world. Yeah, that's I'm honored to do that. I'd love to pray. And right before I do, just to encourage people, I know they might say, oh, what do I do now? Yeah. And I would say, hey, look for ways to cut that screen time down and have more intentional time. So, hey, maybe your kid has three hours of screen time a day. Well, then why don't you look to say, I'm going to take one of those hours one of those hours, I'm going to do something creative with them. I'm going to, yes, change my schedule. I'm going to make some sacrifices, but I'm going to do something special with them. And in that moment, I think we'll all be shocked at what takes place, what comes to surface in a good way. Um, it might feel awkward at first for some parents, and that's okay, 
because that means something's happening that's important there. Yeah, and you might get a negative response from your child. Yeah. You want you might not realize how much of a grip some of these things have or how much time you even spend on screen, on screen time. time. People totally. don't realize how much it creeps up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you might get some negative blowback, but remember it's not it's not actually negativity. It's it's all that stuff being released. It's like so a that, detox. Yeah, so that they can be poured into properly. And we're wanna we wanna be the voices that encourage you to say you can do this. It's not about extremes. It's about finding that right balance. And so if all you can do right now is say, I can only do 30 minutes, then do 30 minutes with your kid. Take that tablet, take that TV show, shut it off and see what God can do. See what God can do. And I think we'll begin to see, we will walk and impress those things on our kids. So I'd love to pray that blessing. And I know that's something that we try to do daily as a family and we don't always do it or we don't always do it perfectly. But Prayer with your child is also something really special. Amen. You can take them on a walk, like Deuteronomy says, yep. and impress the things of God on them. It doesn't have to always be a everybody kneel down right now. That's it could right. be, but it might not be. And so we're just going to pray right now that God gives you as parents the strength, um, or as those who are mentors of young children or aunts and uncles, the strength and the wisdom to know when those moments come that you can actually stand there and say, I'm going to protect your eyes, and I'm going to turn your eyes on the things of the Lord so that your soul will be filled with the things of God. God, we pray right now to you because you are our good father. You have given us the tools uh, through your word and through your community of the church, God, to guard our eyes that our souls might be filled with your light. So now we pray that you will allow us to have that same anointing and gifting mm-hmm. on our lives as fathers and mothers to guard our children's eyes, the littlest, the most innocent among us, that we'll be aware of it. Give us discernment with the things in our culture right now that are trying to own our children's eyes, that look at them as just something to have another like on a page or another viewing on a show. And let us realize that we are called because they are our treasures mm-hmm. and you've given us this great responsibility so may we take just as much of a tenacity as the world will for their agenda for your agenda and for our heartbeat which is to see these children grow up to be mighty men and women of you where their souls are filled with light and not with darkness we pray all this in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit in jesus name amen Amen. Amen. Pastor Stephen, thank you so much for that prayer. Thank you for coming on, sharing about your family and your insights uh, that you've seen even in your uh, very young family, your kids already being affected by this. I know parents are going to be encouraged by this. And uh, as always, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, sir. Love it. It's always an honor. Pastor Stephen has such a beautiful family, and he really has a lot of influence on the families of this church. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, and so, of course, I love his kids. But anybody who sees his family knows that uh, they take very seriously to raise their children in the fear of the Lord. Uh, and I know that he meant it when he said that you guys can uh, reach out to the church, and uh, we as a church uh, will always be here, both myself as a children's pastor, but other pastors like him uh, and leaders in the church want to be there for you and your family as well as you make decisions to raise your children in the fear of the Lord, and to have a community behind you that says, we're in this with you. So we hope you were encouraged by that. Whether you have children or not, uh, please keep this issue in prayer. We know that uh, we as a church need to shine brightly uh, from the littlest among us to the biggest and the oldest. We want to make sure that we are standing together and honoring the Lord. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.